We waited. We waited for you. This is the greatest show in the galaxy. I am Mike. She is Emma. And we are talking about World Enough and Time by Stephen Moffat. What's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's hard to do. I don't know how Nick Bridge does it. It's hard to do for what? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to do for a long time. Is that mm. <laughs> oh, blame me. So then, the end is near. Yes. Oh, man. I can't believe it. It's been 11 weeks already, and they go quick. No. Yeah. Oh, I, I said on Twitter after this, I, I might be even less prepared for Capaldi going than like, when Tennant went. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm so like not ready for this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like we should have like much more with him. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I was, I was thinking about this, obviously, because I mean, I've got... I've got so much to say about this, <laughs> and not not necessarily about the episode, but I mean, a lot of the background stuff I think is fascinating, like all the origins of side men. But mm-hmm. leave that to one side for just a second. But um, yeah, like I don't know what it was about Matt Smith. I think because like it was, had all the 50th anniversary stuff, mm-hmm. and we'd known about it for. I mean, we we known about Capaldi as long as we've known about Matt Smith. But I don't know with with Matt Smith as much as I liked his Doctor. I was when he left. I wasn't. Obviously, I was sad. I'm always sad when the mm-hmm. doctors, nearly always sad when the doctors go. But um, I, I was like, I was, I was okay with it. I feel like we'd we'd come full circle with him, if you see what I mean. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like with Capaldi, there's so much unfinished business. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah, and I think um, I think maybe it's because we've sort of like had a year off in between mm. in amongst his tenure that. I don't know. Maybe it just like feels like we should have had a lot more, like I say. Yeah, like another season or something. Yeah. yeah. And and I think, I mean, I'm trying to remember when it was he announced that he was leaving. It was before the series began. It was, yeah. But not yeah. long before, was it really? No. Only a few weeks. So I think maybe that has like a part to play in it because it, it dropped so soon before the series started. Like, okay, this is our last series with him. So it's we haven't really had like time to sort of absorb the fact, and also just because he's just so smashing in the role. Yeah, I mean, because I was I've been listening to our old shows actually. All right. Because um, well, I've been compiling some statistics for because um, our our show has covered the entirety of Capaldi's tenure. Hmm. Um, I've been compiling some statistics um, for for I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, you have to wait for those obviously I need yeah. some more data because we've still got two episodes to go mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah uh, it's it's I think it's just fascinating because I, I think maybe a lot of people feel this way because I think series eight was so weird mm. it, it kind of felt like it hadn't quite got going yet if you see what I mean yeah I see what you mean. Mm. Um, I mean, because we, uh, me and Chuck decided to have a kind of a Origins of the Cybermen day mm-hmm. on Sunday. So we we re- we re- re-listened to Spare Parts, yeah. which I think we're going to talk about. I'm, well, I'm going to certainly talk about it in a, in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, watch Tenth Planet, watch yeah. Army of Ghosts yeah. and all that sort of thing. And um, it, and we actually re-watched Dark Water, Death in Heaven. Mm-hmm. And I haven't watched those. I haven't rewatched those. I think since broadcast, or yeah. since you know, I watched them for and you know, rewatched them for the for the show. And um, I'll tell you what: even if you only watch like the last ten minutes with just with Missy in it, mm-hmm. where she's talking like all about her rationale with why she's sort of done this, it mm-hmm. it didn't hit at the time. And I remember that we sort of talked about that quite extensively. Yeah. But going back to it now, now having seen this. Mm-hmm. Wow, it means so much more. Yeah. Like, I, I would encourage people to go back and, like, I mean, the, the Danny Pink stuff is extremely irritating still. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to shy away from that. It's awful still. Yeah. Um, but the Missy and Doctor stuff, I mean, especially that scene in the graveyard where she's explaining why she's done this. Mm-hmm. This series, this especially, like, you know, this whole thing of her being in the vault and the Doctor trying to rehabilitate her, it hits so much better, actually. Yeah. It makes so much more sense. So I, I would encourage people if you've got dark, you know, death in heaven lying around somewhere, mm-hmm. just watch the last ten fifteen minutes. Mm. Even if you can't, if you don't want to watch the whole show, yeah, you know, so, you know, cyber brig aside, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it 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 really kind of has much more weight. You you, I mean, I feel like I understand 
not understand so much more, but I kind of get it. Mm. Watching in that kind of compressed way, it 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 has much more weight. Yeah, yeah. It's it's bizarre how sort of things are coming full circle again. Yeah. So we've got like Missy and the Cybermen in the same story. It's 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 very bizarre to like think about it, and it's yeah. only been sort of like what three years. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. Um. So world enough in time. Let's Wait. talk a bit about the title, actually, because mm-hmm. um, it comes from a poem. Yes. Which, because um, I said to you, I remember because they had they hadn't revealed it um, when we did our series ten preview show, mm-hmm. I think, and literally us being us, they like it. It, it came out like the day afterwards after we yeah. recorded, um, and I remember saying to you, it sounds like a Bond film. <laughs> Um, but actually, I because I was I was sufficiently curious. I actually went and read the poem. Mm-hmm. It's not very long. It's all on Wikipedia if you if you want to look it up. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a, a mediation on the fleetingness of human life. Mm. And when you take into account what you know, the Doctor and Bill talking at the beginning of this episode, why it's called that makes quite a lot of sense. And also there's a mention of before the flood in the poem. So mm-hmm. that's where obviously where they got the title for before the flood. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I would say go and read the poem actually, because it, it makes sense why they called it world enough in time. Mm-hmm. And there's also, it's like, uh, it alludes to miss you as well. Cause the title of the poem is his, to his coy mistress. And it's yes. a line sort of, uh, nor in thy marble vault shall sound my echoing song. Mm. So there's, it's it's actually quite like when you know the the text of the poem, yeah. there's a lot of the stuff been threaded through uh, series ten about this. It's sort of like yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't it amazing? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to sort of shy away from talking about it in series ten as a cold thing. Mm. So obviously, we'll do a we'll do a sort of a wrap up show about series ten when the time comes, but. Mm-hmm. Um, like how much the vault didn't not didn't matter, but wasn't the point almost. I mean, yeah. I think that we, we we all went into this expecting that the vault was going to be the big MacGuffin the whole way through, mm-hmm. and like so resolving it by episode six. I mean, I think obviously it's going to depend on what happens in the next episode as well to give us more context. But um, it, it it I'm not sure. I'm I'm still undecided as to whether that was genius move or possibly not quite the right move hmm I'm, I'm still in the kind of grey zone about that yeah you know I see what you mean um, yeah. I can, yeah it will sort of very much depend on how this wraps up yeah so I think we'd, we'll sort of have to like park that little bit of discussion for yeah, now park that thought. yeah for now yeah for yeah. now but um, yeah it just sort of one of the thoughts that sort of went through my mind about it oh I get it um, yeah yeah so um the actual, I mean, I think that, to be honest, the episode's going to kind of get a bit swamped by kind of the implications of everything that's gone on in mm-hmm. this. Um, but generally speaking, I did, I, I mean, it did make me giggle, the whole kind of premise yeah. of, you know, and truly, you know, here is the field in which Stephen Moffat grows his fucks and find it barren. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Is, you know, you have this this whole bit of you know missy essentially saying welcome to the doctor who show you know this is the tv show here's the exposition here's the comedy relief yeah literally you know yeah that that whole bit where she arrives on the the colony ship it's just so matter it just like beats you over the head of how meta it is. I mean, even when she says the when we picked we picked up your stress call and she does that massive exaggerated wink. Yeah. <laughs> it's just brilliant. I love yeah. it. Michelle Gomez is absolutely just knocking it out of the park. Yeah, I mean absolutely. I mean she's she's absolutely got her interpretation of, of the master completely down and actually mm-hmm. sort of skipping to the end where where we have our little bit of John Sim. Yeah. And although he doesn't have many lines as the master, in inverted no. commas, as obviously he spends most of the, the episode as um, Mr. Razor, mm-hmm. uh, which I must say, obviously, you know, uh, it kind of surprised you how many people didn't realise it was him under the makeup. Do you know what? I was going to say this. I knew he was in it, but I kept thinking, it's like, okay, so when's Johnson going to come into this? And then when he pulled <laughs> the mask off, it's like, oh. And actually, like, rewatching it just a few hours ago. Um, for the purpose of recording this podcast, it's sort of like 
how did I not notice this? Because when you hear him speak as Mr. Razor, although he's yeah. got a very sort of affected accent, sort of very sad thrust from Babylon 5, there's still like words and inflections where it's clearly him. him. And But you just, you don't, you sort of just don't notice it because you're so taken by his performance. It's just sort of really, it's like sinister and creepy, but also really very funny as well. I mean, especially yeah. a bit about the tea. <laughs> yes, the good tea or the bad, bad tea. tea. Like, yes, <laughs> uh, good positive attitude will help with the horror to come. What horror? Yes. mainly the tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did really like that, and um, I've got to say, brilliant shout out to the master's penchant for pointless disguises. Yeah, there is no reason whatsoever for him to be disguised <laughs> as Mister Razor at all. All, yeah, except for to conceal his fear from the audience. You know, because um, mm-hmm. me and Chuck clocked it straight away because mm. um you know we, we saw obviously again it was that thing of knowing john sim was in it yeah. and um again the master's penchant for points i mean literally when he's saying his name was mr razor mm-hmm. i'm terrible at anagrams but i was trying to work out is that the master something or other mm-hmm. no it, i can't fit these not. obviously can't fit the z in <laughs> no no that's the, no cause yeah. i mean yeah, because I mean, they used to disguise like Anthony Ailey being in the show by mm-hmm. anagramming his name as some, you know, James Masters and things like that. And, yeah. Um, in in the uh, show, in the sort of casting, in the in the show notes running. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I was trying to work out if they'd anagrammed his name or something like that, but I couldn't find, I couldn't work it out. But um, yeah, um, it's good to see the pointless disguises back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something, it, it's especially sort of, I don't want to say bizarre, but it sort of stands out even more when you've got John Sims Master because he flat out just, he did not bother with anything like that. No. Well, Missy hasn't either, really. Well, no. 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 I mean, but what what was interesting is how kind of obviously different they both are from mm-hmm. each other because even in the la- only the few lines that John Sims, the, the master, I think obviously we'll be the master and Missy, mm-hmm. um, the master, he's he's so much more malevolent than Missy is. Yeah. I mean, Ma- he's he's straight up evil where Missy is mental, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, one thing I'd love to know is like, whereabouts in the master's timeline is he? Cause, oh, I mean, the exact question I had. Yeah, it's because, I mean, thinking logically, obviously this yes. must be after end of time. Yes. So, you know, has he stabilised himself? Like, how how far is he removed from the end of, end of time? Mm. And another question is, where is Missy in relation to him? Because, yeah. again, we sort of, like, assuming that Missy falls on from the Harold Saxon master, for lack of a better term. But that doesn't necessarily mean that because Missy clearly has no recollection of being on the colony ship as the master. No. I mean, obviously there's there's the whole um, thing with, you know, doctors not remembering the meetings all that well. No. Uh, I mean, because I mean, we have evidence of that mm-hmm. every time the multiple doctors have met. Yeah. I mean, obviously the, the earlier one should remember this encounter, but doesn't. So... Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't unusual. Hmm. So it kind of makes me wonder, like, might there be a master somewhere in between these two? It's, it's yeah. not, I mean, I think uh, unless we get like an answer next week, it's, you know, very easy to sort of like, you could even like drop a couple of incarnations in between. Well, any, any number of incarnations yeah. in between. I mean, I wonder if they're going to do... Because we've got a, a longer episode coming up. It's going to be 61 mm-hmm. minutes. So we've got a little bit of extra time. Hopefully, they're going to somewhat explain, like you say, about how he sort of stabilised himself. Because mm. the last time, obviously, that we saw John Sims, Master, mm-hmm. he was sucked back to Gallifrey with Rassilon. Yeah. So it, unless he, some, he used some sort of Time Lord technology to stabilise himself and then went off. Because mm-hmm. he must have a TARDIS somewhere. Yeah. So, because we've, um, you know, had speculation that Missy's got a TARDIS somewhere, mm-hmm. but we, we don't, never seen it, don't know where it is. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's got to be that he got, he was on Gallifrey and then legged it. I mean, I can't hmm. really see how else, because there's just not enough time to fit it in between um, when he's, when he goes back to Earth. 
Yeah. And, you know, Nick, he, you know, but turns the the tard the tenth Doctor's TARDIS into like a paradox machine. Yeah. And ends up back on Earth and becomes Harold Saxon. Mm-hmm. There's not. There's enough, nowhere. There's nowhere to put that. Yeah. There's, so it li- must there's, be after. Yeah. There's literally nowhere because I remember. I think the Doctor said. It, was that the Doctor or the Master said that he messed with the controls so he could only travel between the present and 10, 100 billion years into the future? Yeah. Because obviously right. he brought the Toggle thing back with him. Yes. So obviously there's no wiggle room there, and then he died at the end of Last of the Time Lords, and then yep. got resurrected. And so this, this must be after end of time. It's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. It must be that, you know, he went back to Gallifrey and, like, maybe sucked the life out of another Time Lord and got a new regeneration cycle. Yeah. And then, like you say, but like you say, because we have really no idea about the Master's regenerations, mm-hmm. you know, he's on umpteenth re- regeneration cycle now because yeah. it's not very clear how many he's actually had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have seen speculation that these guys actually precede the uh, Ailey Master. You know that they're they're be, these guys are actually before we see the master in the seventies with John Pertwee, right? Even mm. it's not necessarily that these guys are the last incarnations that we see. They could even be yeah. before that. That's true. There's there's been like, there's no, no reason why not. Yeah, no reason why not. Exactly. No no evidence to the contrary. Why? <laughs> I know. Thought, but... You thought a time travel show could be so complicated. <laughs> Yeah, and that's before we've even got on to the Cybermen. Yeah. Should we talk a bit about the Cybermen? Do you um, know what? Even though even though John Sim was spoiled and the Cybermen were revealed, I thought it was still yeah. really very effective. Oh yeah, and, I think they're so creepy. Uh-huh. And even though they've got the sort of the retro stylings, it doesn't it honestly doesn't hurt. It looks look it's genuinely creepy, like you say. Like mm. this this is like more it's sort of like a more reasonable um, sort, of, sort of way you'd see things happening rather than sort of like the the sort of proper armour sort of like cyber cybermen and the the Iron Man cybermen that we got to see during the new series. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, this was like more body suits and sort of rubber gloves and face cloths and things like that. So it's, it's, it's much, it's more, I don't want to say realistic, but it, you could see it's, as a much more likely outcome. Yeah. But I, I think it, they're, I mean, because they're underused for one, because we, we didn't mm. really see the, the Mondasian Cybermen that, like this over very yeah. many times before they started evolving. I mean, I've <laughs> said several times that I like the Earthshock Cybermen where you can see the chin moving in the helmet because yeah. it looks like they're just sort of bodged together. <laughs> and I think that these Cybermen, because they're, like you say, retro, they're, they're it's more obviously just sort of bolted together from bits and i think mm-hmm. that's much more horrifying whereas the new Simon, they because they're so sleek mm-hmm. you know they just feel like kind of sometimes they just sort of feel like robots so you don't really get that the body horror part of it yeah that you know that these are people just kind of cut up with bits and pe- oh, limbs off and like mm-hmm. like that borgy thing yeah the that ball body horror you know where you have like a limb removed and then the thing put on and then mm-hmm. an eye out and a, like a thing in there mm-hmm. so these side men are much more visceral i think yes. i think that's why they're more more effective mm-hmm. yeah because i mean the cyber side men are literally just like brains and shells essentially that, yeah that's all they are just brains and power suits so yeah that this the the classic Cybermen, for all this sort of like varied in like effectiveness, they're always the much creepier version because you can tell they are just like people having to adapt mm. just to survive. Yeah. Um although are you are you okay with this kind of the altering of how the Cybermen have now originated? Because we've now had a essentially a, a, a reboot for both strands of the Cybermen because mm-hmm. of, way back because in this classic series we had the Mondasian Cybermen mm-hmm. so and then we had the Telosian Cybermen mm-hmm. so you have the two kind of branches which sort of become interchangeable mm-hmm. uh, as you went on but now we have we haven't got the Telosian Cybermen anymore we had the ones from Pete's World so the Cyber Cybermen mm-hmm. which are now 
sort of gone and been replaced by the regular kind of robot-y Cybermen. Mm-hmm. Because you sort of assume when, when the Cyber Cybermen came to from Pete's world, yeah. the, the parallel universe to here, mm-hmm. um, a few get left behind and they sort of you know build themselves back up again and mm. that's how we have Cybermen, regular yeah. Cybermen. And now we've got the whole idea of the Mondasian Cybermen are now back but not quite as they were before Mm. because right so here's a bit of continuity explanation right as best as i can work it out so Mm -hmm. in the beginning yeah um there was in doctor who world the solar system has if you include pluto or Mm -hmm. not we we won't because it's not uh, a considered planet anymore you have the nine planets right so Mm -hmm. the regular ones that we have in addition there are two more so there's planet five Mm-hmm. which gets blown up and that's the one that you hear about in Image of the Fendal. Damn. Right? Yeah. And then you also have Mondas, which is Earth's twin. Right. And then for some reason, David Banks in Origins of the Cybermen, his thing says that it's the the moon coming in and becoming part of Earth's orbit. Mm-hmm. Mondas gets thrown out into deep space. Yeah. As a result of this, the people, the humans, they're humans exactly like us. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there's like, down to the point there's like parallel cities, there's like a parallel London with, you know, parallel everything that's in London, right? Mm-hmm. To that right. point. Um, these people increasingly, uh, to adapt to their conditions, obviously they're in deep space mm-hmm. and it's extremely cold and things like this, they mm-hmm. start adding upgrades to their bodies and become the Cybermen yeah. that way. Right. But now... Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've got this. Then these Cybermen are not from Mondas; they are from Mondas's ship. Yeah. So right. is that? Are we, yeah. Is that yeah. what we what we're on to now? Right. Good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I was thinking about this. Yeah. So obviously, we've got spare parts of the big Finnish audio drama. Yes. So here's this is the way I'm sort of thinking of this. Yeah. So we don't know where Mondas' development was. When it got thrown out from its twin orbit from with orbit, Earth, yeah. right. So let's let's assume that at the time Mondas was the more advanced planet. So obviously, I think got, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah so they got and obviously they got more advanced like civilization, technology, and all sorts of things. I think this what we see here in World Enough in Time is just sort of like um, like a parallel evolution. So yeah. the colony ship leaves. Mondas. See, what I I was a bit confused with this when I first watched it because I thought this was maybe travelling to Mondas to maybe rescue some of the citizens, but it's not. It's actually from, from Mondas. From so, Mondas. Yeah. yeah. So this ship leaves Mondas before it gets thrown out of its orbit. The Because they get caught in a black hole, some of the, the crew head down to the lowest decks to help reverse the engines. Obviously, with the time dilation effect and, you know, the basically the fumes from the engines and the whole basically shitty situation down there, they are having to turn themselves into the Cybermen to adapt and survive. Right. So then, obviously, Mondas gets thrown out of its orbit and the population of the planet then have to adapt and survive by turning themselves into the Cybermen. So it's basically just, it's the same thing, but on two separate branches. Yeah. So, like, I think I'm trying to think of, like, how there was an example I was trying to think of. I think it was, like, in the animal kingdom, like, although they're, like, separated by continents, some animals have the exact same adaptations and evolutions as they work. Yeah, because they work, because they're their counterparts. Even yeah. though like they're, they're separated by continents and oceans, there's no way for them to, like, crossbreed. So I think it's just a case of... It's just happening in a different situation, but it's the same as what would happen on Mondas. So I I don't think this contradicts spare parts in any way. It's just an alternate take. It's it's it's, it's the same, but different, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, because this essentially is is, is another kind of lift of spare parts. It is, yeah. In not not too many words. Um, I mean, because apart from in spare parts, the twist is that um, the Doctor and Nyssa are there and the Doctor is trying to subtly move Mondas away from turning into the Cybermen mm-hmm. um, but isn't successful well, yeah. he, he think, uh, and um, 
the the problem is that the he is captured and there's a scan of the doctor's brain and he's because he's a time lord he's got an extra lobe in his brain mm-hmm. and that adaptation is what the Cybermen need to take the next step. Right. Um, but I'll tell you what's interesting. Mm. In right at the beginning of Spare Parts, there's a, a astronaut who goes to another planet and sort of gets murdered in, mm-hmm. or goes to a different planet and gets murdered instantly. Right. And that astronaut's name is Donald Philpot. Right. Philpot. Uh-huh. Bill Potts. Oh, dear. Inception noise. Nah. <laughs> you can't tell me that's a coincidence. I don't mm. believe it. Hmm, I don't know. I mean, I mean, again, until we get a proper answer next week, if we get one, mm. you know, there's if yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was, my theory is basically just going on what I'm presented with here. So you know, mm. this could be a complete, you know, top to bottom sort of adaptation, but not quite retconning of spare parts. Um, mm. again, I don't know for certain until we get there that's right really um that's why sort of reviewing these first parts of two parts is so difficult Mm -hmm. because we we haven't got the whole story essentially um it's i mean i I, you know i did like this a great deal but obviously until we know what happens in the doctor falls Mm -hmm. um we kind of you, you, you have difficulty judging the story, if you see what I mean, yeah. because we haven't got the complete story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like, I did really like this idea of the the long ship being sort of going into a black hole mm-hmm. and the time dilation effect yeah. that happens. I think that's really cool. Um, obviously, see um, Interstellar for further details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, um, I did a quick calculation um, thanks to a website called timeanddate.com. Okay. Um, basically using uh, the broadcast date of World Enough and Time as the start point, I had right. on the number of days that had passed on the lowest deck when we first see Bill waking up. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a thousand years difference. Wow. It would be like, wow, okay. I think it's like, was, was it, it 3,018 or something the, the year would be if we took... Right. Um, the broadcast day of the episode as like the start point. That's right. that's how much like time dilation there is between two days passing on the the command deck and the engineering deck at the bottom. And one thing I noticed about the two lower decks that we noticed, I don't know whether this there's, there's gonna be anything in this, but I just thought it was interesting. The bottommost deck that we see people on is they ten fifty six or something? Don't like that, yeah. Yeah, and there's one that, that uh, the master, as Mister Razor mentions, that there was an expedition to, and they never came back, which is deck five oh seven. Yeah. Right. Separate the numbers out. Take the zeros out. So we got one, five, and six, which equals. Yep. Twelve. And well, okay. F- and, f- and five and seven, which e- also equals twelve. Twelve. So I'm wondering yeah. whether there might be some sort of significance to uh, deck five oh seven, considering that's. Apparently, where the monsters are. Mm. Oh, too many things! I can't, um, this is turning <laughs> into the conspiracy theory podcast at the moment. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'll be back in two minutes. I'm just going to get some tin foil. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think we're going to need it. I mean, if any, if if either of our things turn out to be eaten, mm-hmm. anything like re- true, we're going to be like. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to we're gonna be shook, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know how I quite latched onto that. It just it's just one of those things where it's like, hang on a sec. <laughs> well, it's hey, great. I mean, if it if it does turn out to be significant, I mean, uh, why not? Um, mm. Yeah, so it should be fun. Um, yeah. I, you know, roll on next roll on next episode even more. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I've got to say one major drawback for this episode for me. I mm-hmm. wish, I wish, I wish I hadn't known about John Sim. I wish so much yeah. I hadn't known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine what that would have been like? Oh, yeah. If 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 they'd managed to keep it quiet. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? For all we sort of like shout on the sun, we're spoiling it. It's, it was kind of the BBC's fault by putting it in that teaser anyway. Yeah. For the for the um, for the press screening, they, they, I mean, see the thing of it is, I mean, I don't think there was no location filming for this one, was there? 
But there no. might be for next week because I think there's a few uh, scenes set like in a, in a countryside. It's one of the, one of the upper decks. Mm. So even even if they'd left John Sim out of the trailer, chances are somebody might have like snapped a picture of him on location or something. Mm. So you know, but then I mean, it would have just been like more of like a rumor or something. Well, I mean, if they kept him under wraps to the point that you know that you only saw him in the makeup, I think mm-hmm. the makeup might, at a distance might have been sufficient to stop people going, "Hang on, man, John Tim." Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if you remember. I don't. I mean, but years and years ago, when um, after Billy Piper left, mm-hmm. um, there was people with long lenses sort of out like looking at people on location, mm-hmm. and people were saying, "Oh my God, Billy Piper's back!" Yeah. And like, here's some pictures, but it turned out it was a runner who was kind of about the same height as Billy Piper and sort of the same blonde hair. All right. And people had taken, like, this long lens picture and gone, oh, God, it's Billy Piper. It wasn't. It was, like, someone who worked mm. on the show. Yeah. So it... They could have fudged you know, it the, then. They could have fudged it. I think they mm. could have got away with it. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right. It's a, it is a shame. But in a way, it's still... For me, it still didn't, like, ruin the effectiveness of the reveal. Like I say, because, I mean, I, I didn't really twig about Mr. Razor until, like he says, until he, like, says, you know, especially when you're someone's former prime minister. It was like, oh, because, I, I don't know, also, I don't know whether it's because of my little theory I'd had running throughout the series that um, there's going to be some sort of shenanigans and that John Sim as the master wasn't going to be, like, properly back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I was a bit more caught out than I think you or Chuck were. Um, but I mean, like the few bit, little bits of John Sim that we actually got as the master was still great. Oh God, yeah. I mean, it's um, like I was saying, that's what I'm. I, I was impressed mm. by kind of the difference between the two of them yeah. because, like, Missy is mental, but he mm. is evil. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like the, the difference between the two of them, and even in those few lines, he comes across as totally malevolent. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I you know, I'm looking forward to seeing kind of. Uh, how how things work out with mm-hmm. with you know these two, and I think obviously they're sort of setting them up for a conflict that Missy's been kind of neutered by the Doctor, and whether she's going to sort of go full full tilt and go back to the Master, or what she's going to do. So mm. yeah, so I mean, I did. I, I I've got to say, I was quite impressed by. I mean, as we, we every week we say we sort of love in Capaldi, Lucas, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and Mackie, um, but I must say, um, even though we haven't had Bill with us that long, that that shot of when she's basically got been blasted through the gut. Oh my was, god! It was really like wow. That's like, that was awful. grim. Yeah, <laughs> that was well grim. Yeah, I mean, because because you know when people get shot, they just usually think they're going Ugh, and then falling over. Mm-hmm. But you know, to show that like you know that big old hole through the middle of her. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's no like blood or anything. It's just it's mostly it's like carbonized flesh, but it's still it's like oh, okay, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and especially since he like gets it then gets intercut with the flashbacks to where the doctor's like talking about his plan to sort of like give Missy a test run, and then and it's because it takes like ten minutes for uh, Bill to finally sort of keel over. So it's sort of like oh god. <laughs> You know, yeah, it really is. It's really effective, and mm-hmm. I, I like this whole thing of. I quite like this this idea of you know that you get with with modern who in that the time passes between adventures. So mm-hmm. there are times where they're just hanging out, and you know, Bill's at work, and the Doctor's like talking to her, and you know, mm-hmm. Nardole's there going, he's having an emotion, and all this sort of thing. Um, yeah. you know, I just I I do quite like that that notion that. They're, they're kind of continuing on, but then, you know, the Doctor has this spectacularly bad idea mm. um, while he's eat, uh, eating crisps in the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> Finally got an idol to go to Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, 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 I say I really loved the whole concept. Mm-hmm. Although some people really didn't, didn't like this idea of Missy being sort of the substitute Doctor and 
going and going out and doing this sort of thing with a really unenthusiastic Bill Nardole yeah. um, in tow. Um, so, but yeah, I think I think it was just an interesting conceit, and mm-hmm. it, it was again, you know, I, I don't know if it's because obviously I went back and watched kind of their previous interactions and kind of got more out of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Doctor's kind of desperation to get her to to not be evil anymore is is really mm-hmm. you know it, it makes so much more sense and, and yeah, i think it's also sort of like um i think maybe with this incarnation he feels more like it's a possibility over than over the like of previous forms like delgado or ainley or even sim mm-hmm. like the, i think i don't know what well because she is female but i feel like he finds like he's a bit more she's a bit more approachable if that's if that makes any sense because i mean obviously she says you know the time in the vault sort of like made her stop and think about what she's done so you'd see it's more likely for him to do something like this with her than any of the the masters we know yeah like her i, I don't i don't know if it's the female thing but i think maybe mm. her personality is more geared towards it but like i say i mean because the, all the previous masters we've seen are just kind of you know full tilt malevolent whereas with yeah. her i think she she's kind of just crazy more than evil do you know what i mean yeah so i mean but actually going back and watching her early stuff mm-hmm. she's way more crazy than she is in this like mm. like mentally evil do you know what i mean but um yeah i think maybe the sort of the events of seeing the witch is familiar and things like that. I don't know. It was, I don't know, something softened between them. And like you say, all this time in the vault is kind of being insulated from, from the universe. If you yeah. see, it's kind of changed her, her mind a bit. If you see what I mean. And it's, it, it's, you know, it is effectively like being in solitary, you know, yeah, you've got much. no access to the outside for maybe unless like a little bit. And Missy doesn't even have that. I mean, she has a few distractions like a piano and stuff. But, you know, when you're in solitary confinement, you've got nobody to talk to. So all you're left alone is with your thoughts. Mm. And when you, like you say, when you're cut off from the universe, you have to, you, you can't help but take stock of things. You know, mm. I think, I think Missy's like gotten by being as batshit as she is because there's always another distraction around the corner. You know, yeah. I think there's one line she said in um, Lie of the Land, she says, I once burned a city to the ground just to see the pretty pants the smoke made. Mm. It's, it's always, it's it's like, it's like the addiction thing again. Yeah. She, she needs the something else to stop her like subconscious from going, hang on. Yeah. I mean, because it, it, it makes sense in the whole context. I mean, it's like when we mm-hmm. saw the, Del, the Delgado master for the first time, I mean, he just did these things just to be an asshole. Yeah. essentially. There was no really any rhyme or reason, you know, it, it wasn't especially like, here's a big pile of gold or, you know, here's, here's this you can do. It was mm-hmm. just to annoy everyone essentially yeah. and then when he you know when he realized things weren't going quite as well for him as they might do he was straight over the other side of the barricades mm-hmm. and then you know running away before anyone could get really mad at him and then he was back yeah. he was back doing the self same thing so it's it's what he's always done mm-hmm. um so yeah um i'm i'm gonna be interested to see how it's ultimately resolved mm-hmm because I wonder how they're going to... I mean, because you always... When you see the Master, it always feels like the final end for them. Mm-hmm. But it never is. Yeah. So I wonder how... If they do the sort of the, the thing that I suspect they might do where, you know, Missy and the Master go off and be evil together for a while, but actually Missy has a change of heart and, like, you know, comes mm-hmm. back over to the Doctor's side to save the day. How yeah. are they going to resolve that and keep... Miss, or it won't be Missy anymore because Michelle Gomez has said that she's now kind of done, done with being the master. Mm-hmm. Um, so how they're gonna, you know, bring back and you know have another incarnation mm. and have him have him or her be a nemesis again? So yeah, yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about Pearl Mackie? Yeah, she's great, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she's really good, and you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm almost as devastated. Obviously, I'm almost as devastated about losing Peter Capaldi as I am as 
the idea that they might leave Bill as a Cyberman somewhere. Mm. Yeah. In in a way, though, I this might sound terrible, but I I would kind of prefer it if they did do that because right. if they found a way out, they're kind of just like cheating it like they did with Clara last time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Fair. Yeah. Um, so unless there's some way to basically undo the events of this episode, or at least Bill's conversion mm. into a Cyberman, then I think anything less would be anything less hmm, anything less than like leaving her as a Cyberman or something yeah. would would cheapen it. I think. I think it yeah. just because it would just be like Clara two point do you know what I mean? We've yeah, already absolutely. Done I understand. That. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, what I did like was, um, you know, the, the the moments when she's wandering around the hospital, which is very sort of like Silent Hill, really. Um, yeah. There's like there's a few moments where she like forgets to take her like a drip stand with her, so she starts to walk off, and then she's like her arm tugs and she's like, "Oh shit, I have to get the the drip stand and that." Um, but also when she's hanging around in uh, Mister Razor's like a small abode, mm. like there's one bit where. I think it's, it's when like the the doctor's like arching his eyebrow at the janitor when he's trying to explain the time dilation. There's, a, there's the way she sort of like smiles and points at the monitor. It gives you the impression she's going a little bit stir crazy there as time passes. Yeah, but then she's it's been years for her. Yeah, and but also like as things go on, she sort of like adapts to the situation. But she always holds out that like hope that and belief that the doctor will come for her. Um, yeah. and it, it sort of like makes. Razor's like handing her off to the the medics, that that much more of a good good punch because yeah the doctor's on his way and she's held up this long but it's still not enough. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's oh man, I can't I can't spoil the film though. That's I'm, mm. I'm not going to mention the comparison I, I was going to make because it will ruin the film for people. No. Um, is it safe? The descent. Oh god, then. I can bleep it okay, out if right. you want. Well, no, I mean, so, okay, so if you haven't seen The Descent, go away. Okay. All right, come back. Come back in, like, 90 seconds. So, basically, like, this whole thing in The Descent where, you know, these six women go into a cave. You've seen The Descent, haven't you? Please. Yeah. Yeah. So, six women in a cave. They're basically chuds underground. Um, they get <laughs> killed off in various horrendous ways. Mm-hmm. But our, our soul, well, as we call her, our, our kind of survivor girl, mm-hmm. you know, she, she escapes and, you know, digs out of the thing and she gets in the Land Rover and drives away. And then, mm. smash cut, it was a dream. Yeah. From her being hurt and she wakes up and she's still in the fucking cave. Yeah. That's kind of what it feels like. It was that, I mean, like the first time I saw that, it like physically hurt. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, it feels like your heart being torn now. It really does. Yeah. So it was kind of that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one other thing I did want to mention is when I mentioned the um, the bit where Bill points at the monitor, like we've got all these sort of effectively freeze frames but I like how this like treated the picture. It kind of makes them look like telly snaps. It does, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, I thought it was. Re- there's some really great little touches in this episode. Um, well, yeah, I mean, because you have you have uh, Capaldi doing the old Venus Venusian Aikido. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it felt like a lot of shout outs in this. Yeah, yeah, and sort of like when you get like the original like pan across the the colony ship i was sort of expecting the old red dwarf theme to kick in like i was expecting yeah. somebody like a spacesuit painting the outside yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i mean i really like the idea of like this huge great ship i thought that was a good idea and mm-hmm. you know of course a colony ship would be this enormous you know what i mean it's yeah. um yeah it, it was just all, all around really good ideas but i think fundamentally with this episode it was i couldn't escape the fact that I kind of knew what was coming, if you see what I mean. Yeah. I mean... Uh, but, I, I mean, it doesn't take away from, you know, all the great all the great performances, all the performances are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it had a lot of really great bits, but I think there was just a couple of things that didn't quite work for me, and I think, unfortunately, one of the major ones was the foreknowledge. Mm. I agree. I agree. Um it's, it's a shame. It's a real shame, but mm. I think in terms of like John Sim, yes, mm. the BBC did put it in there, but I think they were sort of like hoping on the good graces of the press to sort of not say anything about it. So oh, you're going to laugh for that, aren't you? Yeah, really? well, yeah, I know, but still, you know, stranger things have happened. So mm. I, they didn't like really have any choice in the matter, but to 
be forthcoming about it. And it's, it's like I say, it's such a shame. Mm. It's such a shame. And I mean, even if we didn't know that the Mondasian Cybermen were coming back, it was pretty telegraphed, like throughout the episode, that that's what it was going to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Oh, yeah. that was actually that was. Sorry to, to uh, divert. That was another great little touch I, I found because I didn't notice it the first time when um, Nurse Ratchet uh, comes into <laughs> that one. She pretty much is, isn't she? Oh, absolutely, um, she is. Yeah. Um, comes in to see that one uh, patient who's like pressing the button, going pain, 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 and she turns down the the dial on top of the um, the drip, and you think that she's adjusting the thing. I didn't notice it actually said volume on it, so it wasn't oh, until right, okay. Bill like turned it back and you could hear pain, pain again. It's like, oh, that's dark. <laughs> yeah, it's really grim. It yeah. really is, and yeah, that kind of horrible old hospital mm. vibe is. Even though it's on a spaceship, it really comes across because you know it, old hospitals, have, all hospitals especially, but mm-hmm. especially the older ones. Um, are just inherently creepy and uh yeah it's very silent hill as you say mm-hmm. you you do expect pyramid head to come sort of dragging a big sword behind him chasing after bill it was it had a very very creepy vibe yeah and um the other bit that i have to mention is the um the actual doctor um who performs the the conver- conversions mm-hmm. the bit where he folds the apparatus and it turns the forms the Cyberman handlebars and he says yeah. uh, it doesn't stop the pain it stops you caring about it mm. and it's just oh man yeah that's so gruesome it's so gruesome I mean mm-hmm. they, uh, that's why I think like I was saying sort of at the top of the show why these Cybermen are so much you know have a, a, a effectiveness that some of the other ones maybe don't because they're mm-hmm. so much more they're so much closer to the idea of the, this body horror idea that we're, yeah. we're trying to get out with them yeah, and I think this. I think I always feel like it's it's easy to like apply modern sensibilities retroactively to the classic series, but I yeah. kind of wish like the whole they still feel pain, but they don't care about is, is the more the angle they should have tried to explore with mm. the classic Cybermen because they say they remove their emotions. Have you seen David Banks perform? <laughs> yes, exactly. Just, you know, this. You know, he's slamming yeah. his fist into the desk, and you know, mm-hmm. destroy them, destroy them at once, and all yeah. that sort of thing. But, yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty of emotion going on there. Mm. So I, I think it would have been a, a more interesting exploration of them had it been. They still have their emotions. They don't necessarily feel pain, but it does. Like maybe it's like even like the pain inhibitors. Uh, like, like, like aren't like perfect. Mm. So they, like, there's still like flashes of it, flashes of, like, sort of like, I don't want to say like a race memory. That's not probably not the right term, but no. Um, like the memories but of them being still weak, of, yeah, of the weakness. Yeah. yeah, they're striving to be, you know, better. Well, not better. You know what I mean? They're trying to survive through enhancing themselves but they're still held back by the flesh yeah well i mean every time i think it's significant every time we've seen the cybermen they're never strong you mm-hmm. see what i mean yeah they're always weak i mean you know to the point you know they have famous fourth doctor line about you know pathetic bunch of tin soldiers skulking about the universe in an ancient spaceship mm-hmm. they've always been on the verge of extinction nearly yeah. or on the verge of there's only a few of them left mm-hmm. and i feel like we've we've never seen the cybermen at full pomp ever mm-hmm. i mean you always, i mean when you see somewhere when you see the daleks i mean even you know if we go we go back to bad wolf when you see that huge mm-hmm. assembly of daleks you understand why they're strong and why they've conquered huge swathes of thing but the mm-hmm. cybermen are always just getting by yeah but I so, think that's that's also kind of what's I don't want to say endearing about them, but that's why they're sort of like so popular is because they even though they're so close to extinction, they still won't go away. They're sort of like yeah. vermin of the galaxy. Like even they though are. Yeah, even though they're like this they're always on the brink, they find a way to maybe it's not necessarily survive, but they're they're still around. You know, there's no getting rid of yeah. them. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. they're so angry all the time. Is yeah. what I was trying to, you know, what I'm, what I'm sort of getting at. So, I think that 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 idea is kind of always been behind the side men. Mm-hmm. 
So, again, sort of showing their genesis in their, well, you know, explicitly call it the genesis of the Cybermen. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a good idea because I, I would be, I would feel weird seeing a big load, like a big cyber planet where they're all doing really well. Let's mm. put it that way. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is there anything else you wanted to mention about World Enough in Time? I'm trying to think. Is there anything else I wanted? No, I think that's everything yeah, I wanted I think, to cover. I, yeah. Yeah, I think the only, the only other thing that I would sort of say detracts from the episode is I don't know. I, I think it's more because he didn't really have very much to do, but I don't think Matt Lucas was as good. I mean, he was still enjoyable. Yeah. But I think it's just like a lack of things to do, and especially when you sort of got Missy there. As well, especially you know near the end where the doctor tells Missy to like work on the computers, and not always, well, that's my job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean it's it, it's unfortunate. You're always going to get these things where you have more than a companion, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it's always going to be a, a tiny bit crowded. So um, yeah, yeah, unfortunate for Matt Lucas in this one. But what he, you know, the bits when we're on Earth in the kitchen and stuff like that, I do, I really like. So mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, did we have any feedback or? Uh, yes, we did actually. Oh. We had a couple of bits. Okay, um, cool. So we had one message mm-hmm. from Mary. Mary oh, Freer. Mary. Uh, yes, long time now here. Um, so Shane, just catching up on the latest season after giving the show a break. Loving listening to you both again. Can't agree more with your discussion on Clara in episode the episode three shows. So I think she's going back to uh, series nine. Mm-hmm. Um, Clara, not Jenna Coleman, did what a what's not been managed before she stopped me from watching doctor who <laughs> i had already become tired of watching the amy pod show rather than dw and uh, what they did with Clara finished me off i think the last episode i saw for this season was the raven one sorry i missed a lot of capaldi's run but better than the angry disappointment hmm. i'm looking forward to catching up on this season and hearing your opinions ecstatic to hear it's that's final season <laughs> thanks for the great show mary so you know thank you thanks mary <laughs> um, yeah so i mean actually i think we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about Moffat's kind of legacy I can see that you know us doing a big show on that so um, mm-hmm. you know I think that's that's not a minority opinion anyway yeah. so <laughs> um, and also our good mate Tony Boydell um, Hi, said okay so he basically did a did a, um, a comment and then a lot of comments after it so <laughs> all right. uh, okay so fucking hell that is all hashtag astounded mm-hmm. following by awesome idea about time differential between the top and bottom of the 400 mile ship mm-hmm. then bill uh, then <laughs> zinging missy dialogue then creepy proto side men then absolutely brilliant from start to finish and then bill uh, again yeah so a lot of feels coming from uh, tony this week so. mm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, interesting stuff. Hmm. Thank you very much, Tony. Yeah, cheers, Tony and Mary. Yes, thank you very much, both of you. Okay, so, here's the question. Mm. What are you going to score it? Oh, do you know what? I went I went through so many different um, scores for this, and mm. I think I'm at an eight. So I'm deducting <laughs> one point for it being fairly similar to spare parts in mm-hmm. some ways, because I felt like we kind of... We trod the spare parts ground quite comprehensively in Rise of Sight, you know, Age of Steel yeah. and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, and then some deducting a second point for ruining it by saying John Sim was in it. So, yeah, eight, I think, yeah. for me. I'm the same, eight. Um, like, again, even though we knew the Montassian Sidemen were back and we knew John Sim was back in, it was still a cracking episode. Yes. I've enjoyed it very, very much. You know, like, like I said, similarities to spare parts aside, you know, it's just a well. I mean, I think we we always say this when we have Rachel Talley directing Doctor Who. It's always a cracking episode. Almost always yeah. a cracking episode. Um, I really hope that Chris Chibnall, when he takes the reins, brings her back because whenever you whenever you got her in the seat. You know, even if the story's not up to much, you know it's going to look amazing, and it did. Um, you know, it's going to clip along really well. I don't think there was any sort of parts where it actually dragged. Um, so, yeah, just the the few complaints aside, just absolutely smashing it, and I really hope to God next week sticks the landing. I hope. I'm, I'm, I'm so frightened about next week yeah. for lots of reasons. But do you know what? I'm I again conspiracy theory time. Mm-hmm. I noticed in the trailer, yeah, the doctor's right hand is bandaged. 
Ah, interesting. But at the beginning of the show, uh-huh. when he regenerates, his hand is not bandaged. Bandaged. Mm. So could he, and that, and he's 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 it's the snowy, isn't it? Yeah. So could and it he's... be that that's the Christmas episode? Ah. Uh. <laughs> oh. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't think about that. Also, I noticed in the next time uh, trailer, I think there was a. Did we hear Bill speak? Like properly, like I'm not sure to be honest. I'm not, I'm not sure. I got I got totally fixated on the Doctor's hand being bandaged. It's not when he regenerates, so I was uh. wondering if they, because that's a snowy landscape and his hand isn't bandaged. Mm. I wondered if they're gonna put the regeneration off until Christmas. Well, it makes because... sense because there's always a regeneration sort of round about Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. Apart, apart from series one. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh yes. Yeah. So, um, time will tell, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> it always does. It um, always does. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm again. I'm just sort of in the vain hope of I don't want Peter Capaldi to go. To be honest, mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think truly, you know, Stephen Moffat having, you know, he's, he knows he's leaving. Mm-hmm. If you think he didn't give a shit before, he certainly doesn't give a shit now. Oh so, yeah. So <laughs> um, I, I think fuckery abound <laughs> might well oh, be God, on the yeah, cards. I think, I think it will. So, but whether, it, like you say, whether it sticks the landing or not from mm-hmm. that. It's, oh, yeah. it's such a it's such a scary proposition to me right now. I know, and we're all, as we record, we're only what four maybe days away, three, four. Yeah, I mean the fact that the you know that we don't know who the new Doctor is. Ah, yeah. Um, We've heard nothing about Chibnall's impending tenure. Choice. Yeah. No. So, but again, you know, they, if they can't keep John Sim secret, what is the chances of them keeping the new Doctor secret and we seeing them next week, this week? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Pretty uh, slip between slim and none, I think for me. I think we'll probably get like an announcement somewhere between next week's episode and the Christmas special. I, I, there's, I, there's no way they can keep that there's under wraps. There's no way on earth they can keep this under wraps. I mean, Watch us be totally wrong. But yeah. if they manage it, you know, <laughs> shut my mouth. But yeah. It, if you know, I, that's the other reason why I think that this this scene that we're busy at the beginning of World Enough and Time mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the end of the Doctor Falls. Yeah. Oh no, I I don't think it's that at all. I don't think it's. That. I think, like you say, I think this is looking forward to the Christmas special. Yeah. Yeah. So is is it? It will be a case of the Doctor Falls after a certain point. He's basically fighting off his regeneration. Because yeah. obviously the very last shot of the next time teaser is uh, his hand globbing, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know too many questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So let's uh, wrap this up then. Yes, so if, if you have any thoughts about World Enough and Time, you can send them to us at our regular email address, greatershow at simplysyndicated.com, to our Twitter account at greatershowpod, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash greatershowpodcast. Whilst listening to us, feel free to check out our sister shows on the network, Simply Syndicated Movie News, Atomic Trivia War 9000, Masters of Non, Do Ask, Do Tell, Bat Channel 66, Here Goes Nothing, Take It or Leave It, The Seventh Chevron, Little Pot of Horrors, Ray Guns and Go-Go Boots, Nerd Hurdles, Making Sense with Richard Smith, The Greatest Events in Sporting History, For Those About to Rock, Dangerously Unprepared, and Starbase 66. As always, we welcome your support, and the best way you can help us out is by subscribing to Simply Everything. For a monthly fee of just £6, you can enjoy a library of podcasts from the archives of Simply Syndicated, as well as episodes of the exclusive to Simply Everything shows Shaken Not Stirred and Repertoire Spinouts Oh Boy and Trust No One. Simply Syndicate also runs a merchandise store offering apparel and accessories to both Europe and America. You can also support the network through a monthly page on Patreon or you can donate to the network through paypal.me of which links to both are on the bottom of the website. So with that being said, thank you very much Emma. Thank you Mike. And until next time, take care and bye bye and oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Is it next week yet? <laughs> oh God.